podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Custom Inc. is an awesome way to recognize employees, thank customers, and outfit your teams with their favorite products and brands customized with your logo. CustomInc.com lets you make your mark on water bottles, backpacks, polos, jackets, and a ton more. Custom Inc. is your go-to custom gear partner with great customer service, quality products, and all-in pricing along with personalized help when you need it and an easy-to-use website when you don't. Oh yeah, and everything is 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Check out what we can do for your business at CustomInc.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. It's the fight in. It's the fighting. Clock! A camel, son! Hello and welcome to episode 19, season 7 of the Fighting Got Podcast. Today I'm joined by Felonious Filth. Hello. How are you doing? Not bad, not bad. Good to be back. Is it? Yeah. Good. We've got Ewan Flynn. Hiya. <laughs> How are you doing? Very good, thank you're, you. You're the writer of a book. You wrote a whole book about true. Sunday League football. Yeah, so it just came out uh, this summer. Um, and it's basically the story of my Sunday League team, but a sort of wider tale about Sunday League football. Yeah. 
So, uh, before we're going to talk a little bit in the second half about your book, because we're obviously going to make this about the Real Madrid stuff, we've got to get this out quickly because we play Real Madrid when you hear this on, at the end of the day. Um, but you're, you're best mates with the guy who Sherwood summoned to the dugout. Yeah, he's a very good mate of mine, Danny. Uh, what, yeah. what, what went on there? Everyone remembers this. If, yeah. uh, if, if they don't remember, I mean, I'm not sure how you couldn't, but so, <laughs> so Sherwood. He'd been what I can only imagine is digging Sherwood out, um, like digging Paulinho out, and Sherwood's like, "If you know so much, come and sit in my seat," yeah. which doesn't really mean a lot. No. Like it's like, "All right, you come and sit in my seat." It's not like you're then going to manage the team. But what actually happened? So Danny and his brother Aaron both sit or did at White Hart Lane, right, sort of near the dugout. So they're basically as close as you can be. And Danny's a very opinionated young man, so he often would share his opinions. And Paulinho was someone, sorry, Bardi, I know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, he would, you know, get on his back, basically, um, because he felt Paulinho wasn't putting a shift in, essentially. So, yeah, he was uh, vocalising that quite uh, consistently throughout the season. And in that final game, it was Sherwood's last game, and I think we all knew at that point it had been announced that Sherwood was going. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was sort of... And I think we were hammering Villa at that point, so at half-time, the game was done, essentially. We were maybe 3-0 up, I think. And Pritchard was on the bench, and Danny was sort of saying, like, give Pritchard a go, Paulinho's not up to much cop. Yeah. And at that point, yeah, that's when Sherwood, who'd been hearing this all season, I think, from Danny, basically turned around, <laughs> invited him down. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, gave him his gilet, do you remember? Tim yeah, Sherwood loved yeah, that gilet, so yeah. Danny still has that gilet to this day. He actually uh, gave it to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so we spoke a little bit about this before. Yeah. This, this, the, the fallout in the first instance weren't too favourable, was it? No, so I think, you know, Tim Sherwood sort of had did it all as a laugh it was all very amicable yeah. but then Tottenham's heavy handed security team at the end of the games kind of got Danny and said you know you've basically trespassed onto the sort of playing field essentially even though he was, he was actually sat on the bench next to Brad Friedel and Les Ferdinand so it's fairly obvious that he hadn't just what, what, what were they sitting there somewhere? Where's his so, there's a good photo in the book actually of Danny sat there in the gilet with Brad Friedel and <laughs> Big Sam was next to him so um, yeah no I think they all thought it was a laugh and then eventually sort of Danny went back to his seat but then at the end of the game as he's gone to leave that's where the security have come onto him and said the police are going to be involved and all this stuff and it was actually uh, one of the uh, Sky Sports journalist who kind of set, sort of intervened at that point and said to him, you know, uh, said to the Spurs security guy, actually, Sherwood invited him down, and you know, this is a really nice story for Tottenham. Let's make sure it goes the kind of the right way rather than turning it into some sort of yeah. So did um, he did he brick it at all when when Sherwood turned around and went, all right, come and sit down, or was he just? I think he, Danny said to me that Sherwood had to ask him a few times, but Danny's quite a confident lad, so right. in, you know he no, he was up for it. And Danny's someone who played in the same football team as you. Yeah, Danny um, was actually a youth player at Spurs, um, so he was kind of contemporaneous to actually he was in the the year group below Ledley King and Peter Crouch. Okay. So um, yeah, he's a amazing footballer centre midfielder and then he signed professionally for Leighton Orient um, yeah so no he's a lovely guy brilliant footballer and it was an amazing story and it just blew up after that he's, he sort of recounts how that night his phone was just buzz 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 as people <laughs> followed him on Twitter you know he got to go on sort of Five Live Talk Sport did Sky Sports News yeah so what's, what's the worst I've got, I've got an answer to this if you don't know but what, what's the worst situation where your mouth has got you into trouble where you've madely, you've basically written, written checks. Your, your body can't cash. Yeah, your body can't cash. But there might have been an argument with my missus. <laughs> so, you said that, he'd be like, why the fuck have you said that for? I can't think of anything in particular, but probably be something so along those lines. So, so having met your missus, I, I, she strikes me as a woman that doesn't take much cheek. 
No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, she doesn't know. It's hard to have an argument thinking, okay, why did I say that? But I'm sure most men have been in that position where you're thinking, why the fuck did I say Mate, that? I've said so much. In terms of what Danny has done, nothing on, nothing on that level, no. I, I, I once got into a fight with a kid, um, and bear in mind, I was very young, right? I got into a fight with a kid who I thought I could have purely because he was deaf. And I, <laughs> wow. And, I, and that's, I mean, there's so much wrong there. There's prejudice. There's, there's, uh, there's an overinflated opinion of myself. Uh, I just thought I could have him because how hard can he be? Because he's deaf. And I just thought, uh, you know, and he came and handed me my ass in a big way. It's a good lesson. Uh, it, was, it was a great lesson. Yeah. Don't let someone's disability fool you into a self. Uh, you know, a, a, a comfortable opinion of his. So there's a bloke in the UFC who's deaf, apparently. Maybe it's him. Absolutely <laughs> no reason why having a, a hearing impairment would mean um, that they wouldn't be able to kick your ass, as I found out. <laughs> um, so that's, that's, that's what coming to Ed when I thought about it. Yeah, we're going to talk a, lot, a little bit more about the book in the second half, but let's, let's do Tottenham. Danny Rose, Eric Lamella. Back in the Spurs squad, we suddenly have a very deep mm. football squad now. What do you reckon? Are you happy that they're back? Really happy. I think, you know, I know Lamella does somewhat divide opinion, but I've always really liked him and I think he actually is a key player for the way we were playing when he was fit. Um, and I, just on on Saturday even, you know that, that ball where we, when we were sort of breaking and uh, Suzuko's tried to slip and Kudu in and he's yeah. overhit it. You just kind of think if Lamella's on that pass, it's probably measured better and that, that kills the game. Mm. And I just think he brings something that more, you know, I don't know necessarily whether he goes straight into the first 11, but I think he's, he's a, a real option. I immediately think about the, the 5-1 at Newcastle and he was a one player who was trying and I think... You know, someone never hides. Even mm. if he's had a bad game, he never hides. He's always Definitely. there, always working hard. And I think, from that point of view, he can be an asset. But he's come back into a very different team now. Yeah, that's true. A team who, well, he was in the team that finished third, wasn't he? So, the team that finished second, you know, stronger than the year before. So, I don't think he'd be a nailed on start, but it would be useful. Danny Rose comes back in. Do you accept him immediately? If he plays well, um, I guess all is forgiven. We were talking in pub, weren't we, about Aurier came in with a lot of baggage and he's played well in these first four or five games, and you're like, I'm fine with all of that. Well, I'm not, I'm not fine with it. That's just the wrong. Do you know what I am? If you play good for Spurs, you can do anything. Anything you want. <laughs> anything, literally. Within uh, laws of society? Or? Nah! nah why, why should the laws of society dictate whether I enjoy my football players? <laughs> Fuck society. Well, for their ability to continue playing, their freedom, it's probably quite important. Look, all, I'm, all I'm saying is don't put, like, don't put me in a box. All right? I mean, <laughs> laws and society, who makes them? Men. Who creates all this horror and, and madness in this world? Men. Do you know what I mean? It's, um, Humans are bad. Yeah, I, I'm not... I'll draw the line, uh, rapists and racists, homophobes... Which, you, which Oya was accused of. Yeah, yeah, all right, I'm just... Lee Bowyer was kind of that point for me. I never wanted us to sign Lee Bowyer. <laughs> so that was kind of... No, yeah. I'm joking. Obviously, Rose said some, some dubious things, timed, weirdly, uh, comments about yeah. the football club. Yeah. Um, do, you, do, you, do you... I mean, Davies ain't there, and I don't want to see Son at left-back against Real Madrid. No. <laughs> or left-wing-back. Vertonghen filled in well on Saturday. Very well. But I think that... I mean, I think Pochettino said he's likely to be in the squad, likely to be on the bench... 
he may see he may see some time. I think that'll be. I think you even said in the pub actually that it'd be good to. It'd be a good game to put him in because he's wanting to play at the highest level and play at the burner. But even if it's just for 15, 20 minutes, it might do him some good. It would do him some good, but he's eaten about eighty six burgers. <laughs> he's eaten a burger twice for every week he's been out. <laughs> it's well, scary. For every, for every word in the article, you mean? Uh, he's uh, yeah. That's better. <laughs> I should have said that shit. Uh, he's um, he's. You know, we know how good he is, and we hope he he does well. And I do worry about. I, I don't worry about Tottenham in any fixture against any team, but I worry about a Tottenham side that isn't able to implement Pochettino's instruction. And it's really hard, no matter how good a squad you have, if it isn't balanced. And if Davies isn't available and Rose can't start, and we have to play a back four, which we clearly don't want to do. We want to play a back three. Yeah, because in the, in the first half against Bournemouth, we had a flat back four. It didn't work. Didn't really work. Went, went, to, went to three in the end. Um, I mean, we talked about Potter's philosophy just now. I mean, against Dortmund, I don't think Potts planned for the game to go the way it did. It just kind of happened for us to like maybe have less possession, less of the ball. Mm. And we just adapted. So I can see more of the same happening tomorrow at Madrid. It's, um, it's exciting. How are, you, how are you feeling about the game? Uh, I think we can pump them. That would be lovely. I can't quite see it going down like that. But I think, you know, without being boringly statistical, we've never scored a goal against Real Madrid, I don't think. I think we've played them maybe four times. So that would be nice. Just to go there and score a goal would be yeah. lovely. And I think maybe the last time we played them was 2011. Yeah. And that game was dead. You know, In 10 minutes. Exactly. Crouch got sent off, didn't he? We were 500 won. quid that cost me. Oh. Sorry to bring that up then. No, it's fine. fine. I'm over it. But, uh, you know, exactly what you say. Yeah, the game was it. And I kind of think for that team, that was kind of like the height of it. That was as far as some of those players would ever go. Whereas this time, going into this game, I kind of feel we're still... There's still more in this team. We're we're still improving. And we don't... Like, that time, I think we went there not really believing... Whereas this time, I'm not saying we're going to go there and win, but I think we can go and compete with them. Because they're not having the greatest season. No. I no. mean, they're not, it's not like they're, they've won every game in the league. It's not like they're Napoli, yeah. where they're flying away. Well, you know, the most dominant team in Italy is. It's not like they're Barcelona, who, despite, in spite of having Paulinho. <laughs> no, exactly. You know, who's, who's killing it. I can't get my fucking head round it, T. It's insane. It really, it really He's killing is. it. I don't know. Some... Barty was right. <laughs> No, you know what? We always, he's we, never right. No, mate, we always we, we demanded <laughs> apologies of Bardi. Maybe we're the ones who should apologise to him. <laughs> he just got married. Let's apologise to him. Okay, sorry, Bardi. I'm not apologising. <laughs> you are a weak man. You're a... <laughs> I'll do what you tell me. I apologise to you. If, if, the, if the Barcelona scouts can, can, can see something in him that we couldn't, that the Spurs counts, uh, scouts did in the first instance, then... Maybe they're all right, and, and, and football fans once again know nothing. I think, sorry, I think we're about to get him in the bin. <laughs> yeah, he was terrible. Right. He's but. definitely going to score a winning goal in the World Cup final, though. Yeah, it's nailed on. Nailed on, one hundred percent. How are you feeling, T, towards the game? Um, looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, um, you know, this is I think as you said, this is a game where we have a, we have a chance. Definitely got a chance. Madrid are intimidating. Uh, years gone by, Barcelona were the team who just had no chance of being. But think of Real Madrid. You know, because Ramos is Ramos is out. He's he's unwell. Um, Bale is out. Might be out of both games. So I think maybe we can we can get something. Is he, yeah. yeah, well, you know, oh, he is. Right. <laughs> he'll he'll be fit. But 
No, I'm looking forward to it. This is this is the shit we live for. We qualify for the Champions League to play against Real Madrid, not play against. Um, you know, I mean, obviously Monaco were a top team last mm-hmm. season, but we need we need these games. You know, I've just looked at the running order and I'm, I'm being mugged off, aren't I? Yeah, when he wants it to be a thing. He wants it to be a thing. Yeah. What what is it gone? Um, We've got a question from uh, uh, Colin England. Yeah, but says, Wendy's bought Colleen Glenn. Is it me or does... <laughs> does uh, I've got to be honest, like, I had a shocker. Last, last <laughs> year... I, I, <laughs> I, I looked down, I was drunk as I always am, and I, I, looked, I looked down and I saw... I just read it, it's, it's one sentence, it was Colleen, Colleen England. Yeah, but it's not one word. In that instance, it was Colleen Glenn. <laughs> Yeah, that is fucking nonsense, isn't it? I'm sorry. Uh, he says, "Is it me? Does Harry look? Um, does Dar- Danny Rose look a little bit heavy?" Colin Gland, I'm sorry, Colin, but um, that is now it's a thing. If you want it to be a thing, if you've got nothing going on in your tiny little lives and you want that to be a thing, that's fine. I'm okay with it. I'm over it. Um, yeah, it does look heavy. <laughs> <laughs> to answer the question, he, he, he looks very heavy. Yeah, but I think I think what Pochettino said to the press and it's like they've. They've had conversations now because I think there was a point where they didn't speak for about a month. But I think they, you know, they're on speaking terms. And it seems to how be how good was it over the weekend? T all, all the stuff coming out because now you know Gillen Balligas. Uh, is there a question about it? Gillen no, Balligas. Uh, well, let's do it now. So we've got a question. Um, it's not a question. Brilliant. So we've got, we've got <laughs> Levy, Levy wants Pochettino to be as Sir Alex Ferguson. Right, and this, so this is coming out of all of the questions and uh, and the information now of um, Gillam Balliger. Yeah. Uh, he's, his book about Pochettino, which I can't wait to read. I, I, I pre-ordered it, I had to. Yeah, so I, I, I'm not really into football books at all, but this is one I'm going to definitely, definitely be ringing. Sorry, not, not reading. Reading. And uh, it, it's just some of the stuff coming out about Harry Kane, about Deli Alley. You know, it's fascinating. Are you, are you kind of excited for it? And does it cement how you feel about Pochettino, Ewan? I think Pochettino, that, that comparison to him being our Alex Ferguson is just so right. But we have to make sure that that happens. I mean, he's the most important person at the club. You know, yeah. I, I know, I think the other week you were talking about whether Harry Kane or Pochettino. And that, they're both crucial. But we searched so long for a top manager... And they don't, they're not easy to come by, they're really not. And that, you know, when you've got a good one, you have to keep them. And he, his methods clearly work. The players love playing for him. And he has transformed the club sort of single handedly for me. Because when he first came in, if you think where we were, and that's when I, I started listening to the fighting cop, was I think we'd maybe lost to Stoke just before an international break. Yeah. And it was all down, down, down. And, and that Pochettino, you know, he made some big decisions early on with Adebayor and Kabul. And we've just been on an unbelievable upward trajectory ever since then. So, no, he's, I, I can't wait to read the book and just sort of understand a bit more about how he's done it, really. What was fascinating about the, what, what I heard was the Ali stuff and saying, like, when he first turned up, Pochettino didn't really like him much, <laughs> didn't like his attitude or what, whatever it might be. And there was one, one instance uh, where Dele Ali, in, in his own admission, said there was, he had things on his mind. He's clearly someone who takes things that happen around him to heart and he, he, it ruminates in him and I, and I feel like we've been critical about him on the podcast many times certainly about his attitude this season but what, what makes a player's attitude you know when things are going on in your personal life you can't expect to go on and, and play football and, and forget everything but there was one story about uh, Dele Alli coming on and his head was down and, and Pochettino said like you know get your chin up smile which is the most irritating thing someone <laughs> can say to someone when they're yeah. feeling low or depressed but he took him aside and said look when you do that it, it infects 
the, the many, it affects the team. Um, and you, you have to find a way to kind of rise. So you call Deli Ali a cancer? What? <laughs> essentially called Deli Ali a cancer. What? Now when, you, when you're like that, it spreads. I mean, that's a fair, a fair assumption. I mean, cancer, I, I, mean that, I don't think you've ever used that word. That's pretty heavy. But, but I think what the, the principle of what you're saying is, is, is the same, is that ultimately how you behave affects the others in the group. And it's, it's at that level where he understands the psychology between players. And it, what we're seeing isn't just a culmination of tactics and knowledge <coughs> and good players. Mm. It goes far deeper than that. Mm-hmm. And then you imagine Neil Warnock in that situation. <laughs> you know, it, this, is, this is why we've got such a spe- special yeah. manager. You know, there is, some, there is something going on, and we've been saying it for many years, there's something so special going on at Spurs. I'm scared to say any player is rubbish now. I know! Because, mm-hmm. you know, look at Soko last Saturday, I mean. Yeah. He's actually coming and I thought, yeah, yeah, come on, come on to Soko, see what you can do. Mm-hmm. Oh, for fuck's sake, what's he doing on the pitch? But now I'm like, you know, let's see what he can do. And, I, 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 and he did quite well when he came on. Yeah, he did. Um, Debbie say Sissoko over Son, or, or is Soko, Sissoko just better suited for Wembley? Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I, mean I, I put that on because there are many times where we were counter-attacking and he was just steaming forward, and I thought it was more, I think it's, I think it was a lot of use from that point of view. It was a hospital pass for Nkudu, as, as you said earlier on, but and I thought, it was, I thought he? it was impressive. He's not dead. Because I thought he was dead. What happened? I thought that was it at the end. What, what happened? I don't know, I was really... I, I, mean, I, I looked again, so I couldn't really see how he fell, but... Did he fall in his face or...? I think just the keeper just sort of clapped him, him really, yeah, maybe the way he landed. He, he is fast, yeah. like, running at that, that speed. Uh, how, t- Tom underscore RI says, how much of a concern is resting players without top replacements like Kane and Eriksen uh, for, for this coming run of tough games of Madrid, Liverpool, eventually Arsenal, yeah. Dortmund? Um, yeah, cool. Um, I, mean, what, I don't think those two are going to get rotated much. To be honest, I guess he'll probably rotate more at the back. Um, over the trip here, probably be sharing the games between them. Um, if, when 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 Dembele's back, he'll probably be in. I think Winks will probably get rested a bit. But yeah, I think Kane and Ericsson can expect to <laughs> spend a lot of minutes yeah. on does the pitch. You does it show, show you how much um, faith he has in? Actually, how, how much belief Pochettino has in that Spurs can get a result in Madrid? The fact that he started Trippier against Bournemouth. And, ha- and he knows that Aurea's going to come in because mm-hmm. we need Aurea yeah. for that game. Yeah. Or is it we? Or is it that we knew we were going to beat Bournemouth? But then you know I, we couldn't take Bournemouth for granted. This the longer we hadn't won at Wembley, I, f- I think you know we had to win that game at the weekend because this. I, I'm sick of the whole Wembley curse and all that stuff. We had to put that to bed. It was a massive game, and you know he, I think he knew that. And it's not like he's rested Kane, who we really can't replace. You know, so I I don't know. I, I, I think he just he, he's so confident like, I think the players just believe as well whoever's selected on any given day they think they can go and do a job yeah absolutely I, I, I agree um, but I just think that it feels like a like, going into this Real Madrid game you know they haven't they, they haven't had the greatest start in in in, 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 in the in the they've basically been fucking, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm so careful about what I'm saying I, I think we're going to smash them to bits I think we're going to kill them we're gonna, in their back up we're going to bury Ronaldo in the turf at the Bernabeu 
Harry Kane is going to put the headstone there and say, there lies Christian Arriada, your career is done. On the corner flag. On the, well, I've sent a circle. I've well, like Sooness. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I've, I've, got this, I've got this lovely feeling inside me that we're going to actually, we're going to actually damage them. You, but the, the beauty of this game, we don't even have to win it. I no. think the fact we won our first two games, I think Zidane said it's, like a, it's almost like a final. In a sense, you know, but there's no pressure on either team. We've won our first two games. We'll take a draw, won't we? Yeah, we'll take, right take, take a draw all day long. Yeah, that would that pretty much sees us through, draw. I think ultimately, as well, because Dortmund lost at home to Madrid, didn't they? Yeah. So, you know, we really have got a free hit at this one. I know that phrase maybe doesn't mean anything, but we, we like you say, if we got a draw, we've got Madrid back to back now. So if we could get a draw out of one of those games. And then beat uh, Applewell. Yeah, beat Applewell. And then, you know, and then potentially a draw in Dortmund, that, that probably would, well, would do it. So I think tomorrow they've just got to go and play. So uh, Real Madrid are unbeaten in the last five years in the Champions League group stages. 29 matches, 22 wins, seven draws, 84 goals scored. Uh, 25 conceded. Uh, the last loss came in October 2012. To who? Don't know. Don't know. Um, I, 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 uh, I don't know. You put all of that other good information. I just wondered if, who, who it might be. No, I just copied and pasted it from somewhere. <laughs> uh, it's it's such an exciting thing. It's such a massive thing. It's a, it's a club and a tie that we deserve to be a part of. I think um, we. In 2011, it was it was almost like we were part of this weird sort of transcendence of, of quality and form that, that almost came out of nowhere. I mean, 18 months earlier, we were on the brink of relegation. Then we were playing Real Madrid in the Bernabeu. It was snatched from us because of Crouch's insane lunge. And Gomez in the, in the return. Game. Yeah, and in that as well. No, no, Gomez against the... Oh, yeah, when yeah. He, but I mean, we're never going to win it. But of course we were. We're going to fucking win fucking all. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I hoped and hoped and hoped. <laughs> but the, the difference of Real Madrid then and Real Madrid now is a, it's a world of difference. They're back-to-back Champions League winners now. No one's done that in the Champions League era. And back then, they were still on the way up. I think it's all about Barcelona and the ticker-tacker back then. So Madrid were good, but not as good as they are now. So, But then we're a lot better than, now than we were then. I so, think, like, If you look at sort of the, the team that we had that night, you know... Honest players, but Michael Dawson on that Bernabeu pitch, sort of Corluca at right back. We, yeah. We've moved on. We, you know, Gomez. To be honest, you know. And I yeah. think Aaron Lennon was last. Was he out late? Wasn't he? That was the that was, was the one where yeah. Redknapp sort of maybe dug him out and said that yeah. he bottled it just before kickoff with yeah, a sore throat. It was all very. Do you remember? Do you remember all the, the weird sort of stuff that was surra- any success we'd have? We'd yeah. be surrounded by these weird news yeah, stories yeah. like Lennon bottling it. Jenner yeah. sort of Kate got put in the side right at the last yeah. minute and I think lost that away off for the corner that he scored off straight away and it was all very strange but Redknapp had a bit of that yeah. sort of about him didn't he I, was I, was like, I even forgot that Adebayo scored two didn't he yeah. he did yeah, 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 yeah. He was I was in the stadium <laughs> I spent £500 tra- travelling to, to Real Madrid I spent similar it was insane it was insane but uh, wonderful memories though I mean the day was great yeah. I nearly got sunstroke <laughs> in, in, in the set in the, but there's um Loads of Spurs fans going that. We're all hopeful, and what a position it is to be in where Spurs can go out to Real Madrid and think, actually, maybe we'd better do it. It harks back, I don't want to mention their name, but it harks back to how positive and how together the Arsenal team was uh, back in, fuck knows when it was, in 2004, 2005, when uh, Henri scored that single goal in, in the Bernabeu and beat them. Yeah, that, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, uh, there's a similar sort of feeling around Spurs at the moment. Um, we're going to end this now in the first half, but we're going to talk about Troy Deeney and what a fucking legend that user is. <laughs> Predictions quickly. 
my prediction is 3 1 Spurs. Wow. One each. Uh, I'd love to say that. I think the head says we'll probably lose, maybe, but we'll score. But I think we'll go through the group, and that's what matters. Oh, I think this is going to be one of them ones where everyone's turning around to each other, no matter where you are. If you're a Spurs fan, you're hugging people. You're hugging people like <laughs> Spurs fans. You're hugging your nan, your, your brother, whoever it is around you. You're hugging them just so that they can experience some of the glorious feeling that you're feeling at that moment. It strikes me as the game um, that Spurs, when Spurs beat Man City to qualify for the Champions League, yeah. that, that that kind of thing. We're going to smash them. Iconic. They're nothing. Yeah. We're Tottenham. <laughs> They're nothing. It's not a problem, lads. Enjoy it. Wendy couldn't be bothered to turn up this week, so um, you, you've had to appreciate and endure the jingle for nothing because he went to Las Vegas, probably banging prostitutes because that's what people do in Las Vegas, isn't it? Yeah. That and gamble. I mean, fingers crossed. All right, we'll leave it there. That's been the youth update this week. Follow us for more on the loans. Common use pairs. <laughs> So this season, I've not seen Spurs score in the league in person, and I've got a season ticket. How <laughs> <laughs> come? Um, we scored just after half time on Saturday. Yeah. I was on the concourse talking to a mate. Um, I think when Deli Ali scored the win, scored a goal against Burnley. Burnley, I missed that too. The Chelsea one was an own goal; doesn't really count. <coughs> so I've not seen a Spurs player score in the league this season. Well, we're talking about the, the impact of uh, being at Wembley uh, on the fan. Yeah. And, and while we understand, it was I think we all agreed that it was the best solution to our stadium issue. You know, Wembley was the only really viable option, and, and the club delivered. But now we're there, and there it's um, it's hard work. It's yeah, really. You, you put a tweet out on Saturday. When are we going to leave this fucking place? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the reactions. Some of them were agreed. Some of them were saying, "How can you say that? You know, we're unbeat. You know, we've had a good run of games there." But it's just it's soulless. I mean, we've got no choice. You know, it's either that or Milton Keynes or Schoen of Arsenal. It's hard, though. Away, it's really it? hard because it's, you don't have a home. And it feel, you, you feel like how Arsenal fans must feel all the time. Like, you've got no home. There's no one that loves you. <laughs> well, the thing of the game is like... Um, I don't know, I feel like I'm watching Spurs in the shopping centre where I can't swear and say what I want to say. And, you know... Um, so where I sat is almost the equivalent to what was a part lane end, really. So behind the goal, and um, no, you don't you don't get any chance going. Yeah. And um, I mean, I it got, was I, to be fair, it was Bournemouth at home, though. Even no, it was, even I mean, in White Lane, it, that would have been dead. No, of, of course it would have, but it's been the same at all the league games. Maybe Chelsea aside. Yeah. Um, and it's just um, you don't ever feel like swearing because there's there's kids around, there's people on dates and shit, and <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> just, just, I just need this year out of the way. If we're there for a second season, man. Uh, so we've got like 15 league games left. Yeah. yeah. We can get through this. Uh, we have to. That's the bottom line. We've got to get through it. And I think there'll be a time when we move into the new stadium where there's still going to be this yeah. issue. It's not just going to magic. You know, it's a new stadium. We've got to make it our own. The seats will be blue and that will help and things like that. But, you know, it will be an adjustment. Yeah, I, I understand. There's definitely going to be a transitional period between Wembley. Well, it's White Lane to Wembley to the new stadium. It's going to take a couple of years for it, for it to feel like our own. 
but at least you're home then. Yeah, at least yeah. you're building towards yeah. something. At the moment, we're in such a transition mm. where we're just like it, I think I saw someone tweet that if if we finish in the top four this year. With Wembley being our home, mm. Pochettino has got to be heralded as one of the greatest managers we've ever had. Yes. I mean, that we won against Bournemouth. We broke the hoodoo. If there, is, if there was one, there definitely was one. It was definitely black magic. But, you know, he, he has won. It was shoddy. You know, it wasn't convincing. It wouldn't, like, a 3-0 win would have made me feel a lot better. Yeah. We've got a massive test against Liverpool at the weekend. You know, it's uh, it's one of them things. You just got to get through it. Just, let's get, stay stick together and get through it. We've got a horrendous run run of uh, fixtures at the moment, and I, and I kind of think that will play into our hands because you, against these teams, against Liverpool at home, against Arsenal away, Madrid home and away, Dortmund, all these te- all these pla- um, teams, you you have to rely on your quality in that instance. There's no narrative around it. The, the narrative of the the fixture is enough. Um. But we've beaten the best team we've played this year at Wembley, Dortmund. We've beaten, you know. We've Clearly. And so I think we've got a, just the press and the media, you know, the, the hoodoo, the cat, it's gone. We've just got to now, you know, we're better than these teams. We're one of the best teams in the country. We're, what, third in the league at the moment? Yeah. You know. And it's not like we couldn't have beaten more convincingly on Saturday. We could have done. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, we weren't lucky. One amazing save from Lloris, yeah. but that was off a deflection. They had a couple of a couple yeah. of chances, but that that one save was yeah. was incredible. You know, we're fine. <laughs> Everything's gonna be fine. I got um, like you know the notifications on your phone that say so. This yeah. notification came through saying Jermaine Defoe had equalised on that. Not just one notification. Sky yeah. Sports, BBC, like, and the Premier League. I was like, fuck this. <laughs> and then. I didn't even see there's there's sort of so the people in in the ground saying that, well, have I not seen time like it's, it's time about yeah. to reverse it yeah, no. it was horrible it's, it's, it's horrible. amazing what what technology does to a football fan I had no idea what was going on I don't get notifications I just saw afterwards in the WhatsApp groups <laughs> um, we, we haven't done this for a while but I think we should uh, call calm uh, 12 minute day commit suicide it's thought it's because we don't talk to each other about our problems if you're feeling sad or low talk to someone doesn't have to be someone you know calm have a helpline open from 5pm until midnight 0808 very good service still despite the exposure to the calm um, charity Still a very, very tiny organisation. Yeah. Made up of very few people as well, so they need your support and your money if you've got any. Um, let's move on to your book, Ewan. Um, so Sunday League football is something we've all been, you know, we're exposed to and there's a, a certain resonance to uh, everything that you talk about in your book and the reasons why you put it together because we've all played it at, at football at that level. We all love football. We all hold a, a candle to what we could have been if we'd just been a little bit better or if we just tried a little bit harder but you you're I mean you held that candle in, like, in a fierce grip while your knee was in was like, yeah. <laughs> till I was in my what? later 30s yeah. still hoping and, you, and now you play still <laughs> yeah yeah. so what, what I mean I, yesterday we got you in yeah 6-1 6-1 easy score <laughs> They dominated the defence, though. Both of the centre-half, so I don't get too many chances to score. You were captain of your team in the book as well. Yeah. This is a team that played in the Edmonton Football League. That's right, yeah. Um, um, uh, what was the name of the team? Uh, so we were called the Wizards FC, uh, so named much like Tottenham Hotspur was 
apparently sort of named for Shakespeare, wasn't it? Yeah. The, so we were named after the great literary mind of our time, J.K. Rowling, because I was reading the <laughs> Harry Potter books. So that was why I decided to go with Wizards. Harry Potter doesn't transcend to Sunday football, in my opinion. No, no. Yeah, and particularly given some of the names of the other teams we play so against. So why did you write this book? I think, exactly like you said, I think Sunday League football... There's lots of, you know, funny stories, and hopefully in my book I've captured that. It's kind of bittersweet. There's all the, the funny stuff, you know, that you, you encounter. But equally, I think it is important. It's something that people actually volunteer their time to do and care about. And, you know, sort of some people go to real extremes where they're the one who's picking up all the different lads from the different houses, getting the kit together. It matters to people, and it's one of those things that... There aren't that many things left, really, in life now where you sort of communally get together voluntarily to do something that doesn't necessarily pay you money it's like you want to do it because you enjoy being with your mates so it, it matters I think and what, were you all mates or was it that, that other people new people coming to the team pretty much we were like our old school team so you know some of them I've known since I was four mostly the rest of them I've played football with since I was 11 and we just yeah kept playing and playing and playing and it, we just loved playing football um, and you were good as well yeah, I definitely rode on the coattails of some of the better players, if I'm honest. But yeah, we had Danny, who we talked about, obviously, before. Our goalkeeper um, was in and out of the team because he got to turn pro with um, Dagenham and Redbridge. Um, so yeah, we had some some really good players. Just a quick aside, one of my sort of, sort of favourite stories that I tell in the book is uh, one of the boys that was in, in our school uh, was a guy called... Uh, Roy Cipollina, um, and that name probably won't mean anything to you, but he's actually the captain of his country, the Gibraltar what? national team. What now? Right now. So he, <laughs> he was born... Hold in, on, hold on. So, uh, Roy Cipollina, yeah. played for your team, is now the captain of he Gibraltar. He played for our school team, so his, right. um, his story basically was he was born in Enfield, um, so inauspicious start to life. Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, um, then sort of... Did his schooling here and had some trials, kind of went uh, to Luton, never quite cut it, um, but was a really good player. What, what position did he play? He, then he was like a fox in the box, sort of Gary Lineker poacher at right. school, so he's just smashing 40 goals a season at like youth football. Yeah, he's seen it. Uh, yeah, and then um, sort of at 18, it wasn't going to happen, so decided that the sunnier climbs of Gibraltar would be more, you know, hospitable to, you know, have it like. Gibraltar, you might know the history of it, it's a funny, it's a British overseas territory and it's only 30,000 people and it, it has this... It's really strange, it's yeah. really strange there, so you go in there and it's really warm and nice nice climate, but it's England. It's <laughs> Marks like, and Spencers. Yeah, yeah. there's Marks and Spencers, they're, they're, the road signs look like England, the Bobbies have all got um, police, UK police, it's a strange, strange, and then there's a massive mountain with loads of fucking monkeys, monkeys yeah. who want to take everything from you, <laughs> including your fingers. <laughs> Yeah, so um, <laughs> exactly right. So he he works there. He's like he works in customs essentially, but obviously plays amateur football, Sunday league football essentially in Gibraltar. And his team, the Lincoln Red Imps, uh, have played Celtic. Like, exactly. exactly. Are you playing that game? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but what the so Gibraltar has this funny status as a British overseas territory. And um, Spain had always refused to give... So a little bit like what's going on in Catalonia at the moment. Yeah. Spain obviously didn't want to give Gibraltar recognition as a UEFA country because that might lead to Catalonia or the basket sort of... It's separatism. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, they'd always resisted and Spain got to the point where they were threatening to withdraw all their teams from FIFA and UEFA competition. So it went to the Court of Arbitration for Sport, everything. And Roy's just, you know, in his 20s, clocking up amateur goals for his... Lincoln Red Imps, which are basically like an amateur team. Um, and then, it, yeah, it finally went to the Court of Arbitration for Sport, who ruled 
at the FIFA Congress, no, you uh, sorry, at the UEFA Congress, you have to now recognise them as a national team. And that happened just ahead of the last European Championships qualifying. So Roy was, you know, at home having barbecues over the summer. And then, lo and behold, he had to man-mark Robert Lewandowski. <laughs> uh, similarly, have a go at man-marking Robbie Keane uh, in, in the new Irish stadium in Dublin. And then finally, most amazingly of all, Captain Gibraltar against Germany in Nuremberg after they'd won the World Cup. That's insane. It's insane. Insane. What, 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 how, what, how did he reconcile that? Well, what, like, when he spoke to you about yeah. it, well, it seems like, what the fuck is <laughs> going, going on? on? I think he, it was really interesting, actually. Um, like Lewandowski, Robbie King. Yeah. These are the, the, the very pinnacle yeah, of it. Yeah. And he's got all their shirts. You know, he's got shirts with them. So he's got Lewandowski's, Keane's, and Thomas Muller's wow. shirt. Incredible. Yeah. So, I think he actually is quite sort of matter of fact about it. And I think he's, he, you know, he takes it very seriously. He actually have to. He's, an, you know, he, he does all the, because he's a captain when we were having whoever the England captain was at that time sort of trotted out in front of the media he's doing that in Gibraltar so you know how how good was he when you when you played against him? he sort of was a goal he's sort of become a centre back so he's sort of transitioned backwards <laughs> through the team so yeah. is he a big guy he's, he's very sort of strong good in the air he scored the first ever goal in as Gibraltar as a, as a I proper, remember that happened yeah he sort of scored a header I think um yeah, no, it's sort of, it's an, it's just an incredible, incredible story, and it kind of, yeah, heartwarming, but amazing. I went to see him play against Scotland at Hampden Park with my dad. My dad's Scottish, and we went up and saw him, and just to see someone you went to school with, you know, <laughs> standing there, chest puffed out for the national anthem, is incredible. On on a Sunday league level, you say you play with some players that play for Leighton Orient, as the, the, the gentleman you mentioned at the beginning. Matt. Uh, Danny, Danny, Danny just yeah, yeah, and you know, the, the, there there is a different uh, different gravy, aren't they? Yeah. The, there's there's players that are so far beyond yeah. everyone else, yeah. but yeah. they never quite made it no. as a professional. They might yeah. have had a, a yeah. taste of it, yeah. Uh, but you can always see it in, in, in Sunday League where you've yeah. got someone and you think they're too good, yeah, yeah. They shouldn't be playing at this level. Yeah. Someone needs to fix this situation. <laughs> Do you have many of them in your team? Yeah, and I think we were kind of lucky because I think you sometimes get those guys. Who, and I'm sure we've all had them on our team who, who they know they're too good and they don't really want to be there and they're kind of strutting around and you know can't be bothered to chase things down but because we were all schoolmates I think it was a little bit different like Danny would always turn up and he was way too good for it but he, he loved it he, you know he got something out of it mm. and I'm sure he you know he's obviously his story if, if we've got time to talk about it, he um, okay. was at Leighton Orient uh, basically at the point where ITV Digital came up with their amazing business model that people were going to pay 11 quid potentially to watch League 2 games which I mean you know was madness really and then the clubs all then expanded their squads hugely took on all these players and different people grew basically because they thought all this money was coming in and then sadly ITV Digital didn't work Uh, so he yeah he was basically on the cusp of getting his first team debut and then ITV Digital went the way that it went and Leighton Orient just had to make cuts and a lot of those players who were you know youth players just gone like that so yeah. and that was kind of it for him so yeah well I mean that's it's fascinating it's, have, you ever, have you ever played Sunday League football at any level no no I mean not me <laughs> I, I, I once played in 11 side with you didn't we oh god yeah against Tottenham Legends Tottenham Legends oh wow yeah uh, and I played for Scotland <laughs> I don't know anyone. I mean, you're the first Scottish person I've met. Uh, <laughs> Rob White, obviously. Uh, Rob White, obviously. And, um, yeah, I mean, they put T left back, which was a mistake. 
He loves to recount this story. I, mean, I got, did. I did all right until I didn't. <laughs> he, he got exposed to com- like massively. Basically, they had a ringer on their team. They and did, and he just destroyed everyone. It was a ringer for Tottenham legends. Yeah, so this is a guy who, who was on Tottenham's books, <laughs> right. and then and then uh, sort of done well, uh, uh, kind of amateur level. Right, but he was so only like thirty. Oh, okay. So right, he was right. still, yeah, in, still like, an athlete. Yeah. And, and, and that's what I'm saying. But the difference between people who play football on a Sunday league and the difference of people that can actually play football. They're a different gravy, a different level. Yeah, it's, it's, it's insane. He was insane. Like, he scored a hat trick. Like, yeah. He got brought on half time, and I think the Scots, the Scots were winning. Yeah, I think it might have been three two up or something. Just could, I couldn't like, get near him. I was, I was marked. I, so they put me up front. I was marked with Danny Maddox and Stuart Nevercott. <laughs> and it was the most terrifying thing in my life. <laughs> two like, big fellas. Danny, Danny Maddox studded me down my legs. Like, I like, saw that. Like, what? This is, there's nothing. Deliberately, like, you think? I think so. Wow. I think Danny Maddox had an agenda. You must have worried him, Flash. I think the movement yeah. scared him a little bit. No, there was zero movement. Was just, <laughs> he screamed. Well, as, as the ball came over and I was going to challenge, all I heard was, ah! And I was like, I ain't having that. I'm not, I'm not a part of this. This isn't my life. I'm here because I thought this was a nice thing to do. Anyway, absolute nightmare. Um, what, what's the worst thing you've seen? Because Edmonton... Like I said a couple of times already in the podcast, Edmonton, at, at the area most people know you go to the games, Edmonton isn't a nice area at all and you played in Edmonton Football League. What's the worst thing you've seen on a, on, on a football pitch? I think, I, I do think sort of Sunday football has that um, image around it of, you know, people turning up really hungover, sort of just wanting to fight. And I think if you went looking for that, you could certainly get into that. But we weren't really like that. So my sort of worst things are much more, <coughs> not mundane, but more sort of, for example, one of my duties as captain in the glamorous world of Sunday League would be before kickoff, I'd go around with a blue plastic bag, pick up all the dog shit from our half of the field, and then you obviously then I'd go, I'd go and do the. Lass, that was your role. <laughs> and that, the captains of each team did that. <laughs> no, I think I sort of took that on myself. But <laughs> there was dog shit everywhere. Oh mate, it's a public park, so then you go and you know toss the coin. Invariably, I'd lose the toss. The other team would say, let's swap round. Well, no, because then it's kickoff. So then midway through your first sliding tackle, you realise they haven't bothered uh, have, you, have you had that? Oh, many times. What, just dog shit all over? Dog shit all over. Oh, fuck that, mate. Horrible what story. are you doing? Why are you giving your, your Saturday nights for that? It's the, it's the love of the game. It's, I think... I love the game, yeah. not that much. Nah. I, Ask any, 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 any Spurs fan. So you can, go, you can go to the game today, but you can have dog shit all over <laughs> Would you carry on doing it? And this is the difference between you. Well, he loved his team, though, didn't he? I mean, we often talk about football. We never talk about playing football ourselves. And, you know, given how unfit I am at the moment, oh, I always dread playing. Once I'm on the pitch, once I pass a white line, I just think, oh, fucking love, love this. This, this is yeah. what I want to be, you know? Yeah. Uh, For most people, I think that it is that is the pathway into then sort of watching football and supporting a club is your first experience is probably playing football in the playground or down the park. And I always just loved that, sort of still, you know, Getting boots on mud. It's, it's just there's a special thing about it, and I still I still love it. So yeah. What um, you ever gone through a player that's a, just because you knew that they were Arsenal? Because <laughs> um, as a centre back, you must have got into some tasty challenges. I think I was a very cultured centre half, so more Bobby Moore read right, the game right. rather than <laughs> yeah. no, uh, not at all. Yeah, no. Uh, basically, our team was sort of half Spurs and half Arsenal because where where we're we're from. Um, sort of Enfield and it's, you know how it is in, in that part of North London most people are Spurs yeah. and Arsenal so no I, basically our manager often would deliver team talks to us in this terrible t-shirt 
that had like a cartoon Arsene Wenger, like a cannon, and then like a cartoon cockerel being loaded into the cannon's fire out. And <laughs> I'd sake. have to stand there and listen to him, you know, <laughs> delivering. Uh, no, was, was, he, was he a good manager though? Yeah? He's a lo- lovely bloke. No, 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 no. lovely bloke. <laughs> what we saying? Like Sunday League. Is there a such thing as a good manager in Sunday League? I suppose he took us to to the Edmonton First Division. Mate, title. you took him. <laughs> Who is it? What's his name? Michael Pierce. Lovely. Michael Pierce. He's just had his first baby. So. God bless you, yeah. Michael Pierce. <laughs> You're a gooner, but God bless you. <laughs> so is the answer if you ever gone through? <laughs> yeah, there must have been a little bit of extra spite. I mean, we all ate them. Yeah, I, I suppose. Like, unless you know, some people have all this stuff on their boots nowadays, like their number and their initials and whether they've yeah, got. Yeah. Do you get badge. that on Sunday League? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh yeah. mate, that is yeah. pathetic, isn't it? Yeah. Well, actually, that very same Michael Pierce was one of the first. He had his birthday on it, and I remember that. What? Someone said to him, "What?" Straight away, trod on his foot and was like, "Is that so? You don't forget your birthday, yeah, right?" Yeah. Is that bang? So yeah, no. You've let- got to be an absolutely mustard player to have anything else other than black boots. And I'm not talking about black boots like fully black because that that in itself is a statement. <laughs> I'm talking about like. Uh, Adidas World Cup you get away with them yeah. right because it's black and white yeah. right it's just the Dyer's blackout uh, the uh, Adidas blackout yeah. boots all black you've got to be a tasty cunt to, to, to do that <laughs> to, to turn what? up with pink boots on a Sunday league <laughs> so what boots do you wear then? Well, I'm a little bit embarrassed now because I've got a pair of Puma Kings that are all black but that's black fine like, I don't, I'm not it's not it ain't the same as the, 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 the pink no. the pink but the pink the white they win the white Puma Kings yeah, that's so like the, all the black. The, honestly, if I if I played football and I could at any decent level, the Dyer's boots would be the. I don't know if, sure if he wears them anymore, but he, he, there was a period. Does all the full the full blackout? Yeah. They are the fucking tits. Then so just get them and wear them around the house. Yeah, yeah. Dragon. Yeah, just do slap out all over the room. I still in my head. I still think I've got it. I still think I've got it. Well, Danny Maddox for us, though. Danny Maddox fucking <laughs> didn't leave a fucking mark. Well, he left all of the marks on me. Um, so there's some Sunday League guarantees in there. Yeah. So the, the couple of, that I thought of is that if you've got a, a small nippy player, he goes on the wing. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. If you've got a, a big, big lump like a six foot plus centre back, someone who actually can play a little bit, who's a bit mouthy, centre midfield. The fattest guys fall back. Yeah. Is, is all this true? hundred percent. It's yeah. No, it's a, a law. It's like a. Yeah. But look, surely law. the fat guys that fall back get done by the nippy wingers. Right. It was taken up. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. They, they, they've got to use their brain to sort of problem solve. It's all about problem solving. But no, definitely. I, I'd say another indisputable law of Sunday League is no one understands the clock's changing. Like every year, someone gets caught <laughs> out by that. It's like, what, they suddenly turn up and they're yeah, like an hour late or, yeah. like, you know, it's, it's not hard. But yeah, those sort of things, definitely. That's amazing, honestly. Where, where can we get a book? What's it called? Where can you buy it? You can. So it's called We Are Sunday League. Uh, it's published by Pitch Publishing uh, you can buy it in Waterstones you can go on Amazon which I guess most people do nowadays and order it from there it's been really well received as well it? it has been it, I think because you know thankfully I think it does resonate with people and it basically when, when I started to write it I, I had I tore my cruciate ligaments I was in hospital and I was kind of Bit unlucky that I had an infection. I Not had to... just a bit unlucky. <laughs> how many operations did you have in your I name? had six um, six operations on my name. How, how long was you out for? Uh, it's taken me about three years to fully fully get back um, to playing and are you not nervous now when you're playing a little bit that no, you might it, go I just try not to think about it you know you, you just go out there and play and th- th- to be honest like the NHS did an amazing job looked after me really well and got me all physio and sorted so no um, yeah so I, and I was reading a lot of sort of 
when I was in the hospital, a lot of football biographies as you do and so many of them are just now the same story you know like I got spotted when I was this age and then I got a Lamborghini you know and that we can't really relate to that in the same way so I think hopefully like you say thankfully it has been well received because it is relatable and it doesn't matter what part of the country you're from Edmonton is reflective of you know the we're all Birmingham, Manchester, everyone has experienced Sunday League at some point so I think I think that's people relate to it Fair enough. Uh, yes, yeah, so you can get it on Amazon. You can get yeah, it in, in ebook as well. You can walk into Waterstones and buy it. Nine ninety nine. You know, the weirdest thing is that when we you, when you contacted me, I'd picked up your book in Waterstones in Birmingham. Yeah, I started reading it. I was like, yeah. this, this is pretty good. It was weird. And then you think, oh, I wrote this book, and I was like, fuck you know, this is free. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, strange. Um, so Terence Mott on Facebook he says, how hard did you laugh when Troy Deeney said the Gooners lacked cojones? I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was, I thought it was, I thought it was very good. I thought, you know, a lot of times footballers come with cliches, but he just said it how it was. And it's even sweeter that it was Arsenal. It was. He, 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 it's almost like he's reluctant to, to break the spell of this, the, you know, the weird spell around footballers that you don't say what you mean. Well, you know, it's, you, you must know his story to a degree, don't you? I don't know if you've read his Wikipedia. It turned up for a Warsaw trial, pissed off, off his face. Did he really? Yeah. He, 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 he had a, a dubious uh, start to his career. Yeah. He, you know, he served time. Mm. Uh, clearly a talent. He, went, he joined Watford and just sorted his life out. And I think that some of the experience he's had in his life has led him to be able to vocalise his opinions. Like, what, he ain't going to get sacked from Watford no. for voicing his opinion. Well, yeah, What's he he's not, never going to sign for Arsenal. He's no. not going to impress Arsene Wenger or any of the players. And you think you look at uh, Zaka picking his nose as uh, as cleverly yeah. finished to, to beat him, and you think there's something fucking wrong there. And it's fucking brilliant. I love it. Uh, but it tends to sit down in the Sky Studio and go... I just, they don't have the bollocks. <laughs> I think Mark Keown's face after he said it was even better. He, <laughs> he didn't like it, did he? He hated it. He hated it. He hated it. He's like, I would have got it. But you ain't there anywhere, you monkey cunt. You're not there anymore. Yeah, you can't instill your bollocks. I remember you screamed in Nistelrooy's face when he missed the penalty. Don't hold yourself up as a bastion of morality in football. You're an arsehole. A proper fucking first grade arsehole. He is. What did you make of it when you saw I, I, I couldn't believe, like, watching that game, the impact Deeney had, and, like, you know, it was sort of just real old-fashioned direct football can still work in that way. And, then, you know, they're Watford. There's nothing wrong with them doing that. But, yeah, no, he was exactly right. And I think he just personified that in his performance. He knew if I get at them and I'm physical with them, they won't like it. And he, they really could not cope with him. And it was, yeah, I think he's, you know, he's saying what... A lot of Arsenal fans and the media have been saying they they are very soft. But what's glorious about it is that players are not allowed to talk that way. No, no, and I think that that point exactly like you said. You know, he the media training that they all have because of his past. I think he's slightly different, and I bet you he'll write if he hasn't already. I don't think he has. He'll write an amazing book one day because he'll be you know he's open and he he hasn't got sort of image rights to worry about or whatever else it is. He he just speaks his mind. That's exactly it. He looks like um, I mean. Barely looks like a professional put. No. Sorry, I need really to sneeze. <laughs> Excuse me. He barely, <laughs> barely looks like a, a professional footballer. He kind of has such an effective style, and I've always, I've always rated him. Like Deeney in League One and Championship. That's one League One. It's just Championship. He was, he was tearing it up, and he's remained there. He's gone through this process with um, Igalo, this kind of amazing striker that he'd fallen himself to Defoe-esque, who's suddenly gone. Fuck knows where he is now. And, Middle East. Uh, 
the middle. Oh, you've got to sign the big contracts out there. But um, Troy, Troy Deeney's kind of he's, he's the truth about him and uh, his, his realness is always going to keep him closely attached to the stuff he believes in. I had a lovely story. I don't know if it's true, but it might be apocryphal. But that his physique is something he deliberately works on. So over the summer, he beefs up, he eats loads to like have the fuel inside him to then burn off throughout the season. <laughs> like powering true. through the winter months. I love that. It's true. <laughs> I kind of think he just likes eating. <laughs> but you know, he's he's. I just loved him. I loved him for that. And, and, and I, I, there's few footballers I actually admire. But Dini's one of them. Even yeah. though he's done bad things in the past, he's kind of turned his life around massively. Well, that's what football is, really. You know, people from all backgrounds come together, and you know, got their own stories to tell. You got news and articles. Ricky Lambert talking about brutal Pochettino training sessions at Southampton. Yeah, I think um, yeah, the brutal session. I think Ricky Lambert might have gone into Pochettino's room and said, "You know, these, these sessions are a bit hard," and he gave him twice the amount. Yeah, I mean Lambert was never the most mobile, and you couldn't see him working too well under Pochettino's system. And this is a player who's done so well with Southampton. Yeah. You know, travelled up through the leagues, League One, through to the Premier League, done well enough to sign for his boyhood club Liverpool. So you got to props all of that. But um, there's so many stories that come out of that Southampton era with Pochettino, and people are saying that this is insane. Mm. But you don't hear any of that from Spurs fans, Spurs mm. players. I think we were. You know, they all they, they, you can't deny uh, reality when it's evident. Well, yeah, it's, um, it's, this is this is um, these are times you just got to appreciate them while they're here. Um, we've, we've had all these managers for Tottenham and have all been divisive in one way or another. Redknapp, AVB, um, Yol towards the end was divisive, but we've got a manager who pretty much ninety five percent of our fans are are behind, and you know. Even the play- and, and I think the fact that the players love him too. I think Danny Rose and Potts have a special relationship, and I think over the next few months we're going to we're going to see that come to fruition. They're going to like. I think Rose will probably apologise eventually. I think I, I think he'll show his naivety in in what he said. Yeah, like we were all hankering after the, the marquee signings, but you know we signed really well we're, with Lamella and Rose coming back. We look like we've got a very deep squad now. When the armor, has yeah. he's played what two well, games? Yeah, what the fuck's happened to him? Yeah. Like, where is he? When's he coming back? Is he is he ever coming back to? What have you don't heard? Don't say that. Don't what, fucking no, what, say that. What have that. you heard? What have you heard? I've heard nothing. I've heard you, nothing. Don't say. I can see in your eyes. You, see, you have heard something. What have you heard? What's he got? What's oh, wrong with fuck you? Because no, Lamella was a little injury, wasn't it? It was only a minor injury he had, and um, a year later he's, he's back. It's fucking bizarre that we, we're talking about being third in the league, yeah. going to Real Madrid. If we can do something in our best midfielder last year, yeah. No, I forgot that he even played for Spurs. Where is he? Ewan, where is he? <laughs> It's a great, great question. No one knows. Fort Park. Fort Park. He's going around the fucking splashdown. Eating spaghetti. Eating spaghetti. Why you come back, please? Come on. He's, he will be so much. We're great as as we are, but having Banyama at our disposal would be something else. Uh, Levy wants. Sorry, um, Pochettino developing players for England is my way of saying thank you. Yeah, is that about? Is it fifteen? Have I got the number wrong? Yeah, fifteen from from Southampton to the point now. Yeah. What's he saying thank you for? Do well, he... I think um, when he first came here, people said England players were very good, were very technical. And he came over and he saw you know, our young players firsthand, and he says, you know, we've got the talent to compete with um, the best countries in the world. Yeah, what's he, who's so, he saying thank you to for, though? Well, Paul is saying thank you to England for taking him in. He didn't speak the language when he, when he came here. And Southampton embraced him, we embraced him. No. And, and yeah. No, he ain't having it. <laughs> He's got nothing, nothing, zero to thank England for. <laughs> 
If any, if, I, don't if, I don't think the national team of England as a country, as a nation. Yeah. I want, actually, I want, I want uh, David Beckham, I want Tony Adams, and I want Ray Parler to say thank you. <laughs> and then maybe there can be some sort of reciprocal <laughs> gratitude going on. He's... It, like I, I love it. I love it. He says all the right things. It was. It felt good as, as, as a fact. I, I, despite everything I say about international football, I want England to do well. Um, the fact that he's delivered fifteen players into that team is insane. Mm-hmm. That's unprecedented. Who do you think's be- best out of all of them? Oh, Kane, obviously. Yeah, I, I think he'd have to say that. I mean, I, one of the one players who speaks highly of him is Lallana. Absolutely loves him, and I think you know it was transformative for him. Lallana's been a very good player for England I think over recent years he's been one of England's best, best players but I think Kane just but it's, it is I think if you're a young player you want to work with Pochettino and I think that's such an advantage but when we're saying about can he be our Ferguson we have to keep hold of this bloke for as long as we can because and nothing any, else matters doesn't yeah it? exactly you know Ricky Lambert played at a World Cup off the back of you know being at Southampton and Pochettino so it, yeah he's just he really can turn Sort of water into wine. It just seems like he's got that whatever yeah. it is. That he's magic, isn't he? Yeah, you know. Yeah, there well, may be a song in that. <laughs> I love the fact that, that, that come out of these this, this conversations that he's had with um, Balaga. Uh, he, him um, him saying that after the Newcastle result, there was two things actually. After the Newcastle result, you went home and just ate loads of pizza, loads of junk food, and then the last point was no salad. <laughs> <laughs> and then he also said that there was this. Uh, standoff between him and Kane, and Kane asked to come and speak to him, and he said, "I'm I'm not ready, I'm not ready to speak to anyone yet." And then they held training, uh, and Kane came, you know, cleaned his plate, you know, he scrubbed it off, sat, sort of skirted around Pochettino, and eventually sat next to him, and they sat and talked for hours about what needs to happen, and it turned Kane into a good young prospect into the warrior, in these own words, that he is now. Do you think that this is fucking crazy? I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna nurse my erection in front of you two. I promise you, because this guy is something special. He really is. He's, he, 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 he he encapsulates all of the feelings we have about Spurs that we can't vocalise ourselves. And when you hear it and read it through the press, you think, "Well, fuck it, this is amazing." And like, and, and then and then you got people going around. Well, is he a winner? I don't care because he makes me feel things in my my loins. But I, th- I think it's really interesting to see what you said about, you know, 95% of Spurs fans think that. Who are these 5% who are still not convinced? <laughs> and what do you want? People, like, people who are never happy. A lot of people, yeah, no, are, proje- right. a lot of people are projecting. Yeah. Projecting the sadness in, in their own lives. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I tell you what, you're not going to agree with everything Poch does no, with, the, with the Fazio decision yeah. and maybe the weak teams, maybe the last year's Champions League and West Ham game, but... <laughs> But, you know, by and large, it's been amazing. Yeah. But anyone out there, like, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, I don't see what you lot are talking oh, don't, about. Don't do this. No, no, no. Don't. No, all I'm saying is, is email us with an article. Email us with an article explaining exactly why Pochettino isn't doing what you want him to do and, and his failings. Because I'd like to know, just for my own education, I'd like to know how Pochettino isn't living up to what you expected him to be or what you expect Spurs to be. Email us. We'll publish it on The Fighting Cock and we'll have a conversation on the show. Really, please think about what it is you expect from Tottenham at this stage. And if I'm somehow convinced by you, you're, you're fucking... You're, 
Jesus. But then there's such there isn't doing what you should be doing. Name another manager who was I, I just want to know as any kind of decent critical thought around. I think the the one thing is this: the next step is to go and win something, and that's what we all want. And I think that sometimes is where the frustration comes from. We've been close, we've been really close, but we have got to take that next step and and actually, you know, turn a second place into a first place or go and win. The, the FA Cup for me would still be massive. Like I'd love to go and win that. But that, that is ultimately what we're in it for, hopefully, is to go and win things. And that's the one little thing. But I think he'll get there. You know, it, I think so. too. just got uh, a yeah. bit of patience. It, it, like, it doesn't have to be this year. It, and just fucking gratitude to where we've come from. Yeah. No, I mean... We, we don't deserve... Like, the, sorry. The club the size of Tottenham at this stage doesn't deserve to be win the league. We shouldn't, we shouldn't even be in contention with it. FA Cup... All right, anyone can be lucky and have a, a good FA Cup run. You're in that situation. That's nothing down to Pochettino. It's down to form and circumstance and the draw, luck of the draw. We've been in the running for the last two years yeah. with a league title. Like, because we haven't won it, you're digging him out. You're fucking lucky that you got into a position where we could win it. Thank him. No, well, I, I just sort of remember, you know... The, the Dark Knights, Jerry Francis, Christian Gross. It, oh my God, those, those, were those were dark, dark times, you know. And it, how far we've come. And I know that it shouldn't just excuse anything forever, but you've got to remember the journey we've been on and how bad the late 90s and early 2000s were. And even, you know, before... He's just an... Yeah. If you, know, if you need to know where you're going, and it's a horrible, horrible <laughs> cliche, you've got to know where you come from. And where we've come from is Jerry Francis, fucking AVB, to be fair, Tim Sherwood, certain periods of the Redknapp era, and Christian Gross. That's where we've come from. Peter Shreves. Venables had a little good period. But we've had sort of shit. We've had three, maybe three really, really good managers in our history. Four, maybe. We've got four. We've got Bill Nicholson. Birkinshaw. Birkinshaw. Venables. He won, us, he won us the FA Cup, so... Yeah, he won us the FA Like, as I just... If I'm standing up to what I just said, a lot that, that FA Cup run, we were gifted so much. We had the easiest running up until Nottingham Forest. Um, and I'm trying to think of the other guy. Arthur, Arthur Rowe. Rowe. The most important one. <laughs> the other Rowe. guy. <laughs> uh, you know, so, you, like, I think you could hold Pochettino up with Arthur Rowe, uh, Bill Nicholson and... Birkinshaw. Birkinshaw. And he, like, you know, Birkinshaw, after he left Tottenham, and that, this is such a massive thing at a club that Tottenham are, Birkinshaw left Tottenham and did nothing ever again in football management. He went, I think he went to, uh, was it uh, fucking Indonesia or some, some crazy place out there? And that was, that was very little he did. What does that mean? I'm just saying that he, he cut his teeth at Spurs. He, he kind of, he won us a European trophy. He left the club. And went on to do nothing in football ever again. But I don't think I don't think he left because he wanted to go into better things. Though. No, he, he if left, it'd been, he, if left been because he was forced out. Well, he left because of yeah. Irvin Scholar, wasn't it? Yeah, who, who ended up being a bit of a visionary in, in terms of football business. Oh, yeah, really yeah. Or not. No, not not really down with the AMF though, is he? No, absolutely not. He was the start of all the things that are horrible that happened to football. Go to the shelf. Okay, uh, questions we've got. With uh, Wembley still feeling unfamiliar, what would you bring back from White Hart Lane to help players and or fans? I'd like to get the White Hart Lane goalposts. That was from THFC Memory Man on Twitter. I mean, if you could bring back the building... I'd bring back the entire high road. I like the walk. The high road. I'd bring back the Park Lane, the Paxton, the shelf. 
and the West End. Chicking. The got chicking. The goals and the pitches. Um, the number eight pub, the Ive. Yep. The elbow room. The turf. Part of Tottenham. Um, uh, the the country, the press country, just in in, in the yeah. East End. Yeah. Yeah. Bring it all back. Dribbling around the deck chairs at half time was one of my favourites <laughs> as well. <laughs> half time ends same. <laughs> Uh, I remember really wanting DeSantis to succeed if only he had a run of games in the team. Who is the best player we have sold who never got a fair chance in the squad? Andrew the... Briggs on Facebook. Yeah, Andrew Briggs, sorry. We, we, hadn't, we never had... Um, before this current crop, we never had the experience where a young, decent player... You know, I think we were asked a few weeks ago, what shit player do you think would you like to have done better? And I guess the name that came back to me is Lewis Holby. I really wanted him to be good. Yeah. And ended up being absolute garbage. He, he was garbage and he, and he showed so much promise. And what he, a kind of player he could have been against Norwich in his debut. Yeah. Came on and turned the game around and we ended up going through, I think. It was a cup game, wasn't it? No, was it, it was a league game as well. He came on and done really well, though. Yeah, he did. In the same season, Bell also destroyed them at Carroll Road. Yeah, I think it was one or Bell came from halfway line, took on off team and smashed him. Mm. One or. Yeah, I'll get, I'll, get, I'll get you. Lewis Holby had everything you'd need in a Spurs player. Well, I can't think of a good player who never got the chance, really. I think it's more good players who joined Tottenham and never saw the best of them. Um, Asimovic is one who mm-hmm. wanted to do better things. Red Brothers, you know, probably the biggest name of sound, who's been rubbish. Mm-hmm. Probably, probably them. Anything to add, you? You know, I, was, I thought about this when you sent through running order. I was, I was more thinking about sort of young players who... This, and, the one name that came through and I don't even know I don't remember how good he was but I was thinking how bad our fullbacks were in the 90s and Jamie Clapham had quite a good career at Ipswich yeah. and I was thinking he must have been better than some of the <laughs> guys who were turning out week after week I mean as it, no it's a good shout Adam Smith as well who's now Bournemouth yeah. mainstay mm-hmm. right back I mean he wouldn't he's not better than Walker no. he's not better than Trippier he's not better than Laurier. Yeah. he did alright in the um, the pre-season where I think the Ramos pre-season when we beat Feyenoord and Dortmund. And I think he scored a goal in one of those games as well. Mm. Yeah, he did. I really thought he'd, he'd do a lot better. Kevin Prince Boateng never really... That's it, yeah. yeah. He was so he's, much better than we with how we played yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. He's time at Portsmouth for AC Milan, Schalke as well. He we was, were desperate for a defensive midfielder. We kept playing in there, but he's like, he played behind the two. He isn't. He was never a, a defensive midfielder, yeah. really. He, he, he struck me as like a, he was a, a midfielder who's in in a weird transitional phase where there was the box to box wasn't as important as it used to be. Well, look, we were crying out for a Graham Roberts type player. Um, we got him. Um, we, we thought Zakora could be it. He was box to box. We bought Palacios, who was amazing for a short time, and then Sandro, then Scott Parker, and that's where we are now. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you rather be a porn star or play for Tottenham? Money is the same. <laughs> Sam Diggins, Facebook. I mean... I think I'd rather play for Tottenham. Um, you look at porn stars and you see all the unhappiness that they suffer. Yeah, it's if just... it's porn stars without all of the unhappiness and the sorrow, and the, I'd probably do that. I, I wouldn't mind just doing... Being, can you be a professional porn star doing amateur stuff? <laughs> Or make it look amateur. Well, sorry, what do you mean? So, obviously, when you go on a porn set, it's all kind of... What know, do you mean, obviously, big... when you go on a porn set? Well, you know, I've been there... To... No, I so, when you see, like, you know, like, Brazzers kind of stuff, right? Brazzers all... is high-quality stuff, though, isn't it? Yeah, that's it's my point. paid for. That's my point. So you pay so, for it, you've got a monthly subscription. No, you just go around the back. Go around the back of the site and, you know, hack in and... 
Okay. No one pays. No one pays a pawn these days. But the point is, is that at the high end, right? You've got you know, you've got all the glossy sets and all the rest. Of it. Surely you can just you know, if I could live to do an amateur stuff, maybe. But what, what, I don't understand what you're saying. You, have, you, often, you can you can have all of the gold. In the high end stuff where unhappiness yeah, the doesn't really exist. No, you want to go to the darkness of the amateur scene where women are scrimping around trying to get money for their food later. Yeah, and their habits. That's, yeah, I've not really thought that one through. You haven't thought it through? No. Apologise to everyone. I'm not apologising, but I said I'd be a Spurs player, so I'll stick with that. I don't know what I was thinking there. <laughs> I, I, I think if there's no no unhappiness, uh, I, I Spurs give me everything I need. So does my girlfriend actually in in that. So I, I wouldn't need to go in, uh, to the pawn. And I think the, the tale of a Premier League footballer means that pretty much you're guaranteed to yeah you know do quite well on the winning front. No, so. Yeah, I think we're talking about the whether you'd be, enjoy being in the intricacies of the pawn system. I think it would be absolutely horrendous. <laughs> it would be, honestly, the most soul-destroying, horrible thing. Like, you think like, we've all suffered in some way in terms of mental illness or, or, or suffer, suffering of depression, seeing the horrors of the actual... <laughs> but let's not talk about this, because I don't want to ruin There's it. There's a good Louis Farouk where he that goes. Yeah, so I did watch that. that yeah. And I didn't watch it for about, I'd say, a good eight weeks. And then he got the better of me. <laughs> but curiosity. It, honestly, that, that Louis Farouk, the porn to is, is horrendous. It really is. Yeah. It is. I mean, it's fascinating, educating and detrimental to happiness, short-term happiness. <laughs> OK, last question. I'm an, over, uh, I'm an Orvner. Am I OK supporting the Yids as I take a lot of shit for doing it? Ian Abdo, 79191423. You've got to get a new fucking Twitter handle. His name's Ian Abbott as well, and he's just kind of shortened his name. Are you okay? <clears throat> you take a lot of shit. I don't... People that say this generally are very vocal about the fact that they're not in London supporting Spurs, is my opinion. It might, Ian might not be like, in that in situation, but um, you're fine. Like, the fucking modern football means that you can support football, uh, support Spurs or any other football team as often as... Vociferously. Vociferously. as you like, depending on where you are. It's fucking doesn't matter. Don't worry what other cunts are. too short. It is. Yeah. It literally is. Like children are getting blown up around the world as we speak. Don't worry about what some other idiot says. You can or can't support Spurs. Like, fuck them. Yeah. Yeah? Yep. It's pretty much it. I sent something. No, 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 no. Yeah. It's fine. I agree. You um, hate them, don't you? No, no, I just you think. You hate everyone outside of London. <laughs> This is, when T's off, off, off mic, he's like, <laughs> I hate them all. Um, I do think there is something in supporting your local your, your local club. I mean, um, a lot of my friends support different teams. Some of them support teams in London, some of them support teams out of London. And then we're going to go to a game together. If we go to a non-league game, we're all together and enjoying the game. Um, given the way the Premier League is now... You know, the clubs, you know, they've got fans worldwide, whether they be in America or Northern England or parts of Europe. And, you know, we often, we get the question so often, oh, you know, can I be as big a fan as somebody who lives in London? Well, I think the experience is um, it's just varied though, isn't it? You know, if you, if you live around the corner from Wild Lane and, your fam- and you've got generations and generations who support Tottenham, you're not going to have the same experience as someone who's kind of picked them arbitrarily. Well, 
I'm not going to say that they're a bigger or smaller fan. It's just different experiences. Isn't yeah, it? I, I don't give a shit about any of that stuff. Like, well, I don't. I mean, it's, it's your own. It's, like, it's up to you. You want to support, isn't it? The bigger and smaller club. Like, how good a fan are you? It's all bollocks. It's no one cares. It's, I mean, it's, football is a self opera for men. And if you really give a shit about being the biggest Spurs fan in the whole world, then I think you need to fall down the flight of stairs. I mean, yeah, face first. But it, it, you, concrete stairs. It's all, all, all granite. The, the, <laughs> Essentially, football is Warhammer. It is. Right. It, it is. It's like you, if you take it to that level, you're, you're as geeky as kids that play with Warhammer. And I, I did when I was eight or nine. I painted them. Uh, I, it's all. It's not a problem. But eight, eight or nine. Eight or nine. Like twelve. <laughs> eight or nine. Twelve, <laughs> twelve or thirteen. You know, like it's, it, it doesn't fucking. Like, I'm, I'm thirty-six years old and I'm still painting <laughs> Warhammer now. All right. Um, no, you, you just don't worry about what yeah, you think. The, the world is full of people. What. If you, if you get that enjoyment from 90 minutes to 180 minutes a week and Tottenham give you happiness in your life that may, well, may be happy or may be otherwise unhappy in Arsenal's a good life. The lesson here is Ian Abdo, stop, uh, Ian Abbott, stop giving a fuck what other people think. And do your thing. Do your thing. Before we go, Ewan, how do you support Spurs and why do you? Um, so my dad is Scottish, uh, he's a Celtic fan, but he moved down to London and it sort of in the 60s essentially right. and he lived uh, right by Bruce Grove and he'd go to Tottenham so when I was born uh, North Middlesex Hospital and you were born in North Middlesex? yeah so I grew up in Edmonton uh, yeah and you uh, stayed around there from New yeah I went to school in Edmonton and that's yeah you, in that school you were Tottenham or, or nothing so yeah you know every day that there was like non-uniform day it was full Spurs kit you know and that's what you wore Lovely. so yeah Mate, thank you so much for joining no, thanks us. Thanks for having me. Uh, remember to uh, get the book We Are Sunday League and get it from Waterstones, Amazon. Or there's a website, isn't there? Yeah, there's a website with some you know, uh, reviews on there, an extract, uh, a few little profiles of the players laid out like pro set cards, if you remember those from the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, um, hopefully... What, what's the website? Uh, thank you, Steve. <laughs> uh, it's wearesundayleague.com. Perfect. All right, on that bombshell... Uh, we'll end the Fighting Cock thank you so much once again for joining us remember we have a website thefightingcock.co.uk you can join us on uh, what, what other shit we got Twitter Instagram In- Instagram yeah the that's Fighting good. Cock that's good because if you looked at us on Instagram you think we're nothing yeah. wouldn't you <laughs> 5,000 people yeah that's, that's nothing that's, that's more change need, need, need more numbers any of you cunts on Instagram who are not following us do it now. I'm going to yeah. do it right now. Sorry. Brilliant, Ewan. <laughs> there you go. There's a lesson. Thanks you so much. We'll see you next week. This <laughs> <laughs> donkey's no longer the big dog. Ricky is. I'm not a big dog. <laughs> you are. I'm just a main dog. Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. 
Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's not easy being the one everyone counts on to keep the facility running, no matter the weather or supply chain hiccup. But we get you, Raymond in Buffalo and Maria in Miami, Jules in Minneapolis, and Stan in Central Indiana. Taking control of everything that's under your control. At Granger, we're here for you with experienced branch staff at over 250 locations so you get the product you're looking for. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Sports Social Podcast Network.